1: Hey friends and welcome back to the
0: Equestrian Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 297. Our guest today is a British rider and fashion student splitting her time between New York City for school and Wellington for riding this winter. This will be her first official season at WEF, and so I was really excited to talk to her about how she really was able to navigate, balance, and be able to experience Wellington as a rider for the first time. She also loves to share her riding adventures on social media. She has thousands of followers on TikTok, so I thought it would be a good time. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Zara Boyd. Hey, Zara. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. So great that you're having me thank you absolutely um well tell me how you first got started in the horse world because I feel like it might be a little non-traditional Okay. My
0: start is really strange. Um, I started riding when I was, I think, 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. um, And I really wanted a cow. And I asked my dad if I could get a cow. And he was like, no. (laughs) Um, And he was like, well, when you were a kid, you used to do like pony rides. He's like, I always told you if you got back into riding and you showed me you were super passionate about it, then we would look at getting you a horse. And I was like, well, if I like started riding again, would we like look at that? And he was like, sure. So I got a horse when I was 13 like 12 13 mm-hmm. is Rhea, who I still have now and yeah I just learned to ride from that I was like a lot later than most kids obviously most kids are like put on a horse when they're like a child like mm-hmm. a little kid and the barn I went to just happened to be a show jumping barn so I just sort of like got the bug for it mm-hmm. um and yeah it sort of led me to where I am now Amazing.
1: I would love to hear more about a special horse to you named Darcy and um how she was kind of pivotal for your riding journey. So tell me a little bit about her,
0: yeah. so Darcy is very, very special. Anyone that like follows me on social media or anything will know that. So I was really ill from the time I was like fifteen to maybe like nineteen. I had an eating disorder, and it was just really, really bad. I didn't really ride at all. And I moved to New York when I was eighteen for college and obviously I stopped riding there's not really much for horses in Manhattan Mm -hmm. Um, and I was really sick during the pandemic and my dad came over and he was sort of looking at horses for me as in like maybe getting a horse to like start that passion up and like help me get better and I found a horse in the UK Darcy and so he bought her and he was like you're not getting this horse until you promise me you'll get better is that you get the horse as like a a promise that you're gonna get better Mm -hmm. and like recover from this and so I sort of like used her as my motivation to like go to the doctor and like actually start recovery Mm -hmm. Um, and when I gave like good bloods to my trainer in the UK she was like right we'll import the horse and so I got her uh, I think the first of January 2020 no 2021 I got her and yeah she was every time I went to the doctor I'd go see Darcy afterwards she was super special and I still have her she is retired now but she's like I owe that horse nothing she's just perfect and yeah really love her
1: That's so cool. So special. You are back to riding now and kind of treating this season of WEF as maybe a little bit of like a restart to your riding career. So what do you have planned
0: for this season in your riding? Yeah, so I actually I came down for WEF last season with Darcy um and then like about two weeks into the season I realized she was like not okay and I had to retire her she had issues with her like medical stuff um so I was sort of here last year and like had to layer the land and was like watching everyone else compete and like super jealous um and I got this new horse this year Oreo who I have down with me now he's my main show horse and the whole summer we sort of like started showing gearing up to come to work with my barn and yeah my goals are just to like see how far I can go really I never really got the level I'm at now I never really got to when I was a kid and I used to show um I would love to be consistent in the low amateur division I just nice. moved up to the lows over the summer so it's exciting for me and just want to have fun really like you know I'm not a showdunker. like it's not my career so it's mm-hmm. just I do it because I love it which yeah. I think is quite nice because I don't have that same like pressure on me sure um like I still want to do well obviously like ribbon's always fun but um yeah. <laughs> you know it's yeah just see what I can do and enjoy the season
1: Yeah. As someone kind of maybe taking some time away from the sport and kind of finding your way back to it in a bigger way, like, like showing at WEF, how is your experience maybe different this time around? What are, what do you feel like you're like most appreciative of?
0: I think like the whole experience really, I mean, like I rode as a kid, but like I think when you're a kid, you don't really appreciate what you have in the sure. same way. Think, yeah. Like as an adult and like going through like some pretty like deep stuff, I like really look at it in a different way. And I'm just very grateful for like the whole opportunity. Like I think as an adult, I really like have a wider appreciation for like it is a privilege to ride horses and like you need to have access to this world um and like whenever I ride and whenever I can be I'm just sort of like grateful to be there and I think because I was so sick for so long and I didn't think I'd be able to ride or I didn't ride mm-hmm. like whenever I ride or I show I'm just like oh my god this is so cool like I've shown at some really amazing places this summer and I have a really great barn and my trainer um Peter Leo and he's amazing and he just sort of like lets me give him my goals and he's like okay what can we do to work towards them which I yeah. love yeah um and yeah it's been great
1: in addition to riding, you're also a full time student studying fashion theater in New York City, which yeah. obviously isn't Florida. How do you kind of balance the both during during the winter season?
0: Um, I mean this is my first like ever time balancing college and riding. I didn't ride when I first started college and I took some time away. Um, So this last semester was interesting to ride. The one thing I did work out which actually worked amazing for me as a student was that I would do this thing where I'd have classes every day obviously and some of them are really late like some of them finish at like 10 30 p.m and I'm like this is heavy but I would do this thing I'm like if I do all my homework by Thursday night I will let myself get up super early and go ride before class on a Friday and although that like is so draining it like made my whole day so much better because you start your day with the horses which is amazing so yeah and then Oreo came down here in November and I was still studying I flew out one weekend just to sort of train and then my trainers had both been amazing and they've been schooling him and then I recently came down in December once the semester finished and then going forward I'm sort of doing like a to and fro thing I balanced all my classes very like strategically so I would have the end of the week off Mm -hmm. so I have all my classes like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and I fly out Thursdays to do like the weekends showing for like some weekends. It's not every weekend because yeah. fashion school, you have a lot of homework, which I like, cannot do remotely, but it's as much as I can. And yeah, I'm excited to hopefully have a really good balance. But like I said, it's a nice way to motivate me to do my homework. If I don't do it, I'm not going to let myself go ride because obviously school is important, but. right, sorry. so <laughs> Yeah, totally.
1: Being a fellow equestrian who is also passionate about fashion, there's kind of that funny balance sometimes to, um, you know, maybe separate mainstream fashion and then kind of more of the equestrian fashion. So when you first started fashion school, you were, I remember kind of seeing from your Instagram, like maybe hesitant to lean into your like horse girl roots. Um, What maybe held you back from embracing the equestrian parts of your life?
0: Yeah, I think especially when I was like 18 and I first moved to New York, I was like, I didn't want anyone to know I was a horse girl because it was that like stereotypical like, oh, they're so weird, they're a horse girl, you know, I didn't want to have, I wanted like a fresh start. So it was sort of just like. I don't want to talk about it. And then I did yeah. a few things where I'd tell people because I'd be really homesick. And I'm like, I miss my pony. Um, yeah. And they're like, what? You have a pony? Um, and then obviously when I came back to school, I had Oreo and I had horses. And it was like, i just come from a whole summer of competing. And I was like, you know what? Like, if people are going to like me, they're going to like me. I might as well. Like, horses are a big part of who I am. And I love them a lot. So I might as well embrace it. And to be honest, like, equestrian fashion is such a big thing like part of fashion totally. and like I was, when I was 18 I wrote an essay for school actually and it was all about like equestrian like fashion is a backbone of like the fashion design community like most big brands like Hermes and like right. Gucci like they're all founded on these like saddlery roots and mm-hmm. um, I remember my teacher was like no one's gonna want to read this and then in the last few years actually like equestrian fashion has sort of had like a massive resurgence and like it's super trendy and it's totally. always like equestrian motifs in fashion and so it's really funny to like Come back to it now and be like doing collections at school where I'm like actually I'm gonna just embrace horses mm-hmm. and my sisters love it and it's mm-hmm. it's personal to me like Parsons has this big thing where they love your projects to be like super personal to you and like at first I was like I don't really want to explore like my deep dark past at school yeah But you know like now I'm like they don't mean that they mean like something that's you because they want to see you like fashion is all about like who you are you don't want to do like what everyone else is doing you right. know right right totally master that was like it was ironically before she died but it was like inspired by the queen in england because wow. they're british and like the queen yeah. is influence because she was such a big equestrian which I loved yeah um, and she had these super cute little head scarves and so I did some stuff Aww. with that and it was just like you know you don't have to do like equestrian wear that's specifically like you know breeches and like mm-hmm. shirt jackets but you can have that little motifs that are so stylish and like beautifully tailored that I think like translates super well into both worlds mm-hmm. which I think is interesting and I, I love exploring that through school and it's nice to have the like horse's to influence that on the weekends, you know, I go see the horses and like, Oh, this would be great for a project. Like, Yeah. yeah,
1: I love that. I love how you have been able to kind of find how your worlds have intertwined. And I think it makes you appreciate both of them so much more. I know for me, I really do love all the areas of my life and, you know, all of my roles as, you know, a trainer and, um, influencer and podcast host, because they're all, so intertwined with fashion and photography and horses and training. And it just is really cool how you've been able to really embrace how your two worlds connect and can really connect pretty effortlessly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think also like when you start like having all your worlds connect, like you're happier too. You're not having these separate lives. Totally. It's really nice. Right. Right. It feels a lot less like work. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I just think there's, yeah, like you were saying how kind of so much of, you know, high-end fashion was founded in with that kind of equestrian essence with, you know, like blouses and Chelsea boots and blazers. And do you feel like, what would you kind of like describe your style
0: with your own fashion? I have like a strange style. Like I for a <laughs> especially in recovery where I was like, I will only wear leggings and super massive hoodies for like uh-huh. a year. Yeah. And I just got so bored of that. And I was like, you know what? Like I miss dressing nice. I miss mm. looking cute and feeling fun when I go out. Yeah. And I think, like, I love a good, like, Burberry is one of my favorite brands because they're so traditional. I love, like, a classic look that's not super, like, influenced by the trends. Because right. like I'm going to spend money on something, I want to be able to wear it forever. I'm not going to totally. be, like, look super cute for that one month it was trendy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just not worth it. Right. Um, I do love a lot of color and just sort of, like, nice sweaters. And, mm-hmm. like, British tailoring is, like, one of my favorite things. Like, very, like classic looks and I love tartan mm-hmm. um, but yeah like clean silhouettes yeah I mean my fashion style changes depending on my mood and like my barn style is probably different than what I'm yeah. gonna wear in fashion school right um, so it sort of just depends but yeah I love a good shoe I just love looking like ha- like feeling happy in what I'm wearing right. like I went for a phase where I would just sort of dress outrageous because I was like, "This is what a fashion student should look like." <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And I feel so uncomfortable the whole time. I'm like, I'm just not enjoying this wearing yeah. my neon green hood, like boots every day. Yeah. Um, I do love my neon green boots, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's when you want to wear them not when you want to impress someone. I think I just I went for a phase where I just followed trends, and now mm-hmm. I'm sort of like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, mm-hmm. and then you look you look happy in what you wear, and people think you look good because you're happy. You know, it's like right. a circle of stuff but yeah definitely classic nice silhouettes that are just like clean even my teacher this semester he said to me he's like you know what like you're doing like clean tailored things which like can be very easily boring or like you know just repetitive it's like if you do it like cleanly and simply it translates really well because it hasn't always got to be like strange like avant-garde stuff you can do like nice like pieces well and that like you know comes off better right totally
1: You don't have to be in the horse world for very long to understand that safety is such a big part of our sport. Ride EquiSafe offers the broadest selection of safety equipment in North America. Their broad selection really means that they can be... Brand diagnostic and really focus on what's best or most appropriate for each individual rider. They don't push certain brands on people, they really do take a look at the individual rider to find which pieces would be the best. If there's a piece of safety equipment that they don't carry, there's usually a very specific reason why. Ride Equisafe is the only company in North America whose primary business priority is keeping riders safe in the saddle. They also offer a selection of boutique equestrian apparel to ensure you're not just safe, but you're also stylish in the saddle. So to get more information, visit their website at rideequisafe.com. That's ride, E-Q-U-I-S-A-F-E dot com. What would you say um, for your equestrian wardrobe, do you feel like when you dress up and, you know, feel good and and confident about your outfit, do you feel like that translates to confidence in the
0: saddle? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to be super insecure in show gear because it's really tight and it's, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a bit like uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I just was like, you know, what? I'm going to invest in nice stuff and like things that make me feel good and I, I love getting dressed for the shows now it's like one of my favorite things like you know putting on the cute sparkly outfit to go mm-hmm. show and that's why jumpers is great because you can completely bedazzle yourself totally um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah definitely I think when I'm feeling good in myself like the horses pick up on that obviously you know mm-hmm. it's like it's such a like intense relationship that you've got to feel good because then they're like, why are you feeling bad? What should I feel bad? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, like I love feeling cute. I never used to, I never used to, as a kid I used to just put on whatever and just go to the barn and like leggings. And then my trainer in England was like, you just don't look professional. And I was like, why should I care? But then like, <laughs> adult, I'm like, oh I get what she was talking about and it's yeah. like when you're professional you feel professional too I'm like I look the business I might as well like act like I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah. I think definitely translates I mean it's yeah. with everything you know if you dress nice going to like dinner you're gonna have a better time as opposed to being like worried the whole time about mm-hmm. like oh, feel so uncomfortable you know totally what are some of your go-to favorite equestrian brands Brands. I love Yagya. I think I'm pronouncing her uh, right. the best. Um, one of my favorite brands. I have so much of their stuff. And it's that's of that, like you're saying in a way, it's like stuff that I can wear to the barn and, and like, you know, to the shops and everything. Like it's, totally. I love stuff that I can wear. I can leave the barn and I don't immediately, look like, oh, she's been at the barn. You know, it's mm-hmm. like things you can wear all day. Absolutely. Crestrian um, Club Shop is a brand that I love. Mm-hmm. I think, um, model for them a little bit as well. And they're so lovely. And they're just like, they're a bit different as well. Like all their mm-hmm. clothes are just a bit more, um, they're not like typical you know how every uh, most brands have like some sort of base layer and legging and they're just right. a little bit more like unique and fashionable which I love yeah I also love like Toscana because like beautiful Italian tailoring totally um, Sam Shield I have a lot of Sam Shield stuff like an embarrassing yeah. amount of Sam Shield <laughs> <laughs> stuff um, they're a bit bedazzled I, I do love as well so mm-hmm. yeah there's probably like my top four brands I'm trying cool to yeah at the moment definitely my favorites
1: What's your show outfit look like in terms of like, do you have a, a specific
0: color that
1: you do, like in your saddle pad and bonnet? Like, what is that? What does that whole
0: look usually look like? um uh, well like for Oreo I tend to wear the the Barnes show pads because I show for lion's share. So mm-hmm. I have the lion share show pad. Um he normally has some sort of like protective, um not protective, what's it called? Soundproof bonnet because he's a little bit of a sensitive soul. Um so he has <laughs> normally like a matching one. I go for like a brown or a navy. I tend to stick to navy. I used to sort of go in between black and navy, but like for me, I always most of my show jackets are navy now. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing that I find really funny I, I grew up in England and I always show in white breeches and everyone's like it's not classic day why are you <laughs> and I'm like I only have whites like, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> So I always wear white breeches, which is interesting. Especially last week when I showed, and it was raining, and everyone's like, "Why are you in white?" Mm. I'm like, <laughs> "This is all I own." And I think white's looks like smart. I like whites. So. I really
1: like white. It's just like, re- yeah, it's like really like
0: striking. I like the contrast a lot. I like the look. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a fashionable look, you know. Yeah. I Say I do it for fashion. I don't. I do it because I only have whites. I think I have some breeches <laughs> in ter- like ever, but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Amazing. What would you say is something that you are passionate about within the industry that you feel like people either don't talk about or know that much
0: about? Well, one organization that I'm an ambassador for is Just World, which mm-hmm. is a charity that sort of like embraces like the privilege of writing and like, like writing for a cause, which I love because mm-hmm. I feel like people forget, especially... Here is like when you're showing it somewhere like WEF, it's so easy to forget, like, oh my God, you're showing it WEF. Like it's such a opportunity and such a privilege that most people and most writers don't get to do. And I love that it has like a an emphasis on, you know, being aware of your privilege and like giving back to the other people who don't have the same sort of opportunities and privileges as you, which I think is a lovely thing. Totally.
1: Yeah. I think just having and continuing a conversation about that, I think Just World does such a great job of that and kind of putting things into perspective um, really
0: nicely. Yeah, for sure.
1: Tell me a little bit as you are, you know, healthy and, you know, moving out of that time in your life where um you had your eating disorder. Tell me a little bit about navigating that and continuing to stay healthy. Do you feel like there is any sort of negative and or positive pull with being, you know, within the equestrian industry? Walk me through that dynamic a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like in England, I never really felt that, riding was a part of my eating disorder I will say since moving here like there's a lot more like young girls who talk to me and they're like it's really like I know with equitation and it's like a lot of like emphasis on how you look especially with like social media there's this mm-hmm. whole other like world that's sort of putting pressure on you it's definitely hard sometimes I'm like maybe I should look this way and I'm like no just like do what you're doing you're you for a mm-hmm. reason like and the thing is especially with riding and like jumpers it's like you've got to be healthy and you got to be strong um and like the second you stop looking after yourself it like really reflects on your riding and mm-hmm. so like I always make sure like I know like people are like oh you don't need to eat much on show days I'm like you know what like do you like mm-hmm. I like to have something in my stomach so I can get up and like do my best you know right. it's like one thing when I was really sick actually that was like life-changing for me, which is a really weird thing to say. But um I used to be so obsessed with like sizes and stuff. And I have uh, quite a lot of horses. <laughs> um mm-hmm. I have a few in England. And I was like, they all wear different rug sizes, but they're all like super fit horses, like mm. showed up horses. Right. And I was like, they're all different rock sizes because they're different animals. And I was like, it's the same with humans. It's like people are different sizes and the same with like horses too. It's like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, Oreo looks a bit chubby today. I won't give him his food. Like that's horrible. Right, you know, right. right. And It's a weird way of thinking. I sort of like, was like treat myself the way I wouldn't like you would treat someone else. Yeah. You know? Cause I think we can be so mean to ourselves sometimes and like not realize we're doing it. And, yeah, I think especially when you're in that place, it's hard to see how much other people care about you. And, like, Darcy for me was a big thing because I was, like, it's having that one, like, thing, like, person, person, to the horse. But, you know, to me, like, mm-hmm. things are, like, love and care for. And I was, yeah. like, when you're putting love into something else, you kind of got to put a bit of love into yourself, which mm-hmm. I loved. Um, and, yeah, just, like, horses in general, the community – it can be a toxic place. It definitely can. You've got to look for the right places. I think social media is hard. Mm-hmm. I always try and like stay on the right side of yeah. social media. You know, there's always that little button on TikTok where you can be like, not interested in this content because, right. you know, sometimes will mush up and it's like, I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also growing up, you know, when you're an adult, you can sort of be like, that's that person's view. That doesn't mm-hmm. you know, involve me, but it's hard, you know? But I always try to surround myself with people who support me. Um, and my trainer is really good. He's always like keeping an eye on me and make sure I'm looking after myself, which yeah. I would appreciate, get a good support circle. You know, I think that's how I'm sort of navigating it. But yeah, in right. fashion school can also be a bit toxic with that sure. sort of thing. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of keeping an eye on myself mm-hmm. and making sure that I like treat myself with the same advice that I give to others. Because I think mm-hmm. I'm sometimes positive that people will write to me and be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. Like, what should I do? And I'm like, do this, 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 and this. And I'm like, wait, I don't even do that. I should probably, you know,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah." Too.
0: That's true. Um, So, you know, yeah, sort of how I am dealing with it.
1: Yeah. But I love your example of the horse blankets and the different sizing, because I think that's it's so easy to get into a comparison game for something that literally is just different, like just horses are could be the exact same, you know, like physique and fitness level. But even just being even a horse being a different breed or a different height Makes that blanket size totally different than the next.
0: So exactly. thinking about that, I always that, say to like other kids about like, um if you saw someone walking on the street in like some super cute outfit and you were like, oh my god, I love your outfit, and they were like, oh, it's a size so and so, you wouldn't be like, actually, you don't look that good anymore. Like no yes. one cares what size you are. Literally, only you. Mm-hmm. Like no one's gonna like rip the tag out of your shirt and be like, it's not cute anymore because you're wearing the size. Like no, yeah. like we the size that fits you, and that's all right. that matters.
1: Right. And I'm sure like you understand, you know, being in fashion school, you understand fit and how much how how important it is. Um, I know for a lot of us, it can be so easy to try to get into a number for the sake of being in that number, whereas like you might try to squeeze into a size. And the size or two sizes up will end up looking so much more flattering because it's exactly. actually your And size. different brands have different
0: fits too. Like, right. um, I have to size up in quite a few breech brands because right. they're like European and they have different size, like yeah. charts and stuff. And when I was like ill, I used to be so upset. I'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to wear this size, but it's right. like, no one, cares. No one yeah. actually cares. And I think the yeah. more open people are about, like, you know, just wear the size that fits you, yeah. you know, it stops being a thing. I think there's so much of a like, social media too of like I'm a size this like no one cares really Mm -hmm. no one cares you know Mm -hmm. and I think you know especially nowadays you shouldn't care just like feel good (laughs) right totally
1: yeah and I'm I'm usually from like an influencing side I'm very I'm very cautious when I um share my sizing like if it's if they're gonna order online and they don't have time to try on and need a reference I'm happy to like share individually but it's it can be a tough place to be to be you know, like announcing sizes without any other, you know, frame of reference. Oh, for
0: sure. I'm exactly the same. If someone's like, what size are you wearing? I'm like, DM me. I'm like, not that I don't (laughs) care about like, you know, posting this, but I'm also like someone else might read that and be like, oh, she's this size. I'm this size. Right. You know, like we're different people.
1: Yep. Totally,
0: totally. Well, Zara, thank you so
1: much for taking the time and chatting with me. I'm so excited to, I hope I can catch some of your journey in Wellington this winter. Um, I hope our paths cross, but um, Uh, regardless, I'm excited to watch your journey through your Instagram account. I'm so excited for you and I wish you all the best.
0: Aw, thank you, you too.